Recorded live. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to Old Time Rock and Roll. I'm your host, Lee Douglas, and tonight's show is definitely very special because we are interviewing one of the pioneers, one of the legends of Old Time Rock and Roll. They were inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 1999, got the, received the Rhythm and Blues Foundation Pioneer Award in 1993, and on January 14th, 2009, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted them into their rightful place. And interestingly enough, the group was inducted by longtime friend Smokey Robinson. Today we're going to be talking to the lead singer of the Imperials, as he was in 1958, as he is today, Little Anthony, and we're going to speak with him in just a few minutes. I'd like to tell you this much. This is a 
big, big show. And you know what? I'll tell you the truth. When you get two guys from Brooklyn talking, then the show is going to be long because neither one of us, and I'm not saying neither one of us want to say goodbye as the song goes, neither one of us could stop talking. We just spoke and spoke and spoke. And what you're going to hear tonight is basically the entire interview. Well, we'll probably have to cut it into two parts. Let's see how it goes. But as it is, we got a lot of music to cover, a lot of bases to cover with little Anthony Gordine. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Old Time Rock and Roll. And tonight's show is reminiscing with the first of 2012. And we're going to bring you tonight one of the driving forces in oldies music. I know he doesn't like it. He considers himself a very uh, contemporary guy. And, but he is a legend in the field of old-time rock and roll music. His songs have, well, just his songs from Shimmy Shimmy, Coco Bop, Tears on My Pillow, and so many others have just been played to death. I think, I think there's, some of them are probably in the million, million dollar club. And we're going to put Anthony on right about now, and, uh, as soon as I get him unmuted here, and we got it, and from from Nevada, one of the only places that's probably as warm as Orlando, uh, we have Anthony Gordine, Little Anthony. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Lee? How are you? I am fine. How are you? Is it? How is the weather out there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, good, because I got you on speaker, because I don't want to hold on to my air. <laughs> I know I'm the same way, but I uh, always feel it sounds better somehow uh, for the right. recordings. But uh, well, the, the weather is is I think the day is 66. Yeah, we're pretty. It's pretty normal here. We, we get we got a little time here where we have our little, you know, fall of the year where it's the highs like 61. But in right. the next two weeks, by the time we get around December the 10th or 12th, it's going to drop. And then we'll be in the 40s, and that's going to be very cold here. I thought that's desert. I don't. I, I guess I don't. I have. I've only been to Las Vegas area once. Um, I know you were in. Um, just to break it for a minute, you were in uh, Minneapolis, weren't you last last week? Yeah, we were at the jazz, the uh, Dakota Jazz Club in Isn't Minneapolis. Cold. That is a really? place I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were there. For about uh, three days. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think I could even breathe in that weather. I don't know. But uh, uh, anyway. It's not, really, uh, it's, not, it's not cold yet at all. It was oh. chilly. It was chilly. Yeah. It was like in the 40s but uh, during the day. But that, that's, that's tolerable. But <laughs> but by the, by the next couple of weeks, oh, my gosh, that'd be more like 40 below up there. Uh, I'll tell you, when I spoke with your road manager, Julie, and I said, How's the weather? And she said, it's cold. <laughs> so I guess that meant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she said anything above or below 60 degrees is cold to Julie. So <laughs> well, that's me too. Yeah, we only, uh, here in Orlando, we uh, we kind of go from the end of, well, the beginning of, of October to beginning of June, we go out. Yeah, and then do. the rest of the time we just hibernate. Right. 
Right. I, I was many times. My daughter lives there. My grandson right. lives there. And I've been there when my son was playing football for the XFL. And I was there in January, and I'm telling you, it was cold. <laughs> yeah, the last year it was cold. And I was going to bring that up later, but as long as you did, uh, I believe your son is now playing for the San Diego Chargers. Is that true? Well, you played for the San Diego Chargers. That's a long time ago. No, he's, he's, he's in aerospace industries now, up in Seattle, and that's where he lives. Oh, wow. I got bad info. I don't like that. Yeah, that, that's a long time ago. <laughs> wow. How long did he play? He only played, well, he played, he played only, he got hurt in the, he got, he got hurt in camp at the Chargers camp, and they eventually released him, and then he went on to the XFL, and, you know, we, we all know what happened to the XFL. So. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough sport. It's nothing like singing, is it? <laughs> well, it's, it's a physical, physically tough sport, yeah. That is true, that is true. Well, Anthony, what I want to do is, is give you a chance just to, to briefly, and I know you've got so much you want to talk about, briefly go over your, your, the early times of Anthony. Uh, I know you grew up in Brooklyn, different, different section than we did, but, uh, in fact, I remember, I know you, you went to Boys High. Uh, I remember when, when we used, I went to Madison, and every time, uh, they would have a, a game scheduled with Boys High, nobody yeah. came. We were scared to death of that area. I mean, honestly, Anthony, uh, when Boys High came to Man. our school, we were frightened to death. We didn't. We stayed in our houses. If we, especially if Madison beat them, I don't think that was too often. But uh, yeah, you, guys Madison, pretty, um, you guys at Madison High School, we, we call upper 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 crust. Yeah, you upper guys. crust. Yeah, yeah. I, like, my dad was a teacher. I don't know about upper crust, but. Uh, so when did you when did you start singing? I started singing. Well, actually, I've been singing all my life. I mean, it's uh, my mom. My mom. My mother was a gospel singer, and uh-huh. my dad was a jazz musician. He played alto and tenor sax. All of my brothers were musicians. My oh. great grandfather was a great singer. My grandfather was a singer. So D- DNA wise, you know, genetically. Uh, it, was, it was it was it was my destiny probably to be a singer. Um, my one of my brothers was very good. My brother Donald, who passed away many years ago, he was really good, um, and that's where I started actually making noise and making sounds that they start thinking that wait wait a minute this kid is uh, uh, there's something going on here. It, as as I was told by my parents and others, because I was too young to remember, at three years old I was singing. If, now, I know you, uh, one thing I have known, and I want to let you talk about that in a little while, is that you don't want, you don't consider yourself, or never did, a doo-wop group. That's because we're not. And what, what uh, you know, I have that people look at me and I say, you know why? Because I was there. Uh, because the name doo-wop came in 1973. There was no name for the type of singing that we were doing in those days. We were right. called street corner singers. R&B, rhythm and blues singers. That means the Flamingos, that means the Moonlows, that means any of those great groups that came out were R&B. It was race music, it was called. Because predominantly black folks were listening to that kind of singing. Right. And it wasn't until later years that the, uh, the, uh, the groups like the Elegants and the Prees and, and the, you know, Dion and the Belmonts and, and quite a few groups came out with their style, which was entirely different. It was not an R&B soul style. It was yeah. their style. 
And they, they use a lot of um, cliches in their songs, like do wop do wop do wop do, you know, or uh, you know, ba 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 ba. So they use really something that was was totally different from from the black groups that came up. And what, what happened was there were so many groups, and they came in the rock and roll era. You know, really, it was rock and roll. If you want, it was birth. Rock and roll was born from R and B. That's the right. the child of R and B. And um and so if you put it in that context, I mean, during the days of Alan Free, there was no doo-wop. and there were and there were thousands of groups: Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, you know, Dell Vikings. There was nobody. There was no name. That name came in 1973 because they no one knew how to. And we are in the country where we like to categorize things, you know, right. to identify them. If we don't know what it is, we, we get nervous. I'm not sure I was told in New York City. It's just like saying doo-wop because it, it, this, the background songs of those groups that I was saying, like the, the elegance and all them, was doo-wop, doo-wop, doo-wop. So he started saying that. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the groups like the Moon Glows and the Flamingos who are doing Only Have Eyes for You, doo-wop. No, I don't think so. And so some energetic uh, you know, entrepreneur promoter or something somewhere somehow began to promote that. And it, it, it caught on. You know, actually, we, we did a, the first PBS thing we ever did that they did on the revival was called PBS Revival or something. And right. then when it, it was so successful that the next one they did 
they put on doo-wop <laughs> because they found that, oh, that's what it's called. Uh, doo-wop does a disservice to the people that perform, do wrote songs for us. People like Al Braffin and Salvester Lewis, Tears of My Political, was a pop song. It is registered as a pop song. You'd like to find that out. You go to the United States government. It's a pop song. There's no such thing. If you want to call just two kinds of people in the world a street song, yeah. Just two kinds of people in the world. Why can't we fall in love? Just two kinds of people in the world. They are a boy and girl. Boy. Looking in, 
Anthony and the Imperials into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, would you come and do it? And I didn't even have to ask me that because uh, these guys are my brothers, and I really mean that. I have known them since, and uh, <laughs> we were backstage talking about how quickly time goes by. Time has gone by like that. I know that uh, we were on the road together as kids and uh, just hanging out, having a good time. Uh, many people you meet and you, you meet them and it's always, hey, how you doing, what's happening, Hello, what are you going to do? But some people just become your brother brothers and the miracles and Anthony and Pierce and I, we hung out together all the time. So it is a joy for me to be here for what I consider to be a long overdue event. I mean, I, I absolutely love these guys. I think they are one of the greatest groups to have ever decided that they were going to sing together. As you can see, <laughs> and they are still awesome. If you haven't had the chance to see them anywhere live lately, give yourself a treat. Go see them somewhere, wherever they are in your area, because they are the bomb. <laughs> It gives me great, 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 great joy. And I feel it's such a blessing to me to be able to do this. Um, it gives me great joy to say Anthony, Clarence, Sammy, Ernest, and Nate, come up here and get what you deserve. I think it's ridiculous. Well, it happened. I don't think... You know, I know some people that I feel should be in there, and they're not. You know, and, and when you look at the amount of records that we sold, when they realized it, when they did their research, and i tell you who our champions were. It was um, Paul Simon, Paul mm -hmm. Schaefer, and Billy Joel. Those three guys were on the committee, and they actually, actually talked to Paul Schaefer, who said, this is, this, enough is enough. We're going to put you guys on the Letterman show. And that's when we were on the Letterman show in 2009. Here we are. Our next guests are a great rhythm and blues group who this year are celebrating their 50th anniversary, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, everybody. Their forthcoming CD entitled You'll Never Know. Please welcome Little Anthony and the Imperials.
Heard you're getting married. Heard you're getting married. This time you're really sure. And this is the end. They say you really mean it. This guy's the one that makes you feel so safe, so sane, and so secure. about you you have people coming in uh that shouldn't be i mean you can't you can't ever think of putting somebody like vanilla ice in the rock and roll hall of fame or or even uh i mean that's ridiculous or, and, or the beastie boys or no the rock and roll thing was put together by rolling stone rolling stone right. magazine and head of rolling stone and if you look at the first not uh first inductees in the first few years of it around 1970 71 or whatever it was it was all rock, rock, hard rock bands. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually they start correcting it and they say, wait, wait a minute. I mean, where's Sam Cooke? Whereas, you know, it, was, it got, it got kind, of, kind of crazy. And, but they are trying to rectify that, I must say, because I've talked to many of them up there. They're trying so hard to rectify that. 
eventually the um, the Sorrells got in. Um, you know, the groups, the, the singing groups that came up at that time, you know, that goes right back to doo What do you call the Sorrells? Are they a doo group? Uh, I'm confused. How do you, how do you label them? They're a singing group? Well, I always label them as a, as, a, as a female group. I mean, you know, well, wait, there wait, wasn't... That, Females can't be... That, they're, they're, they're exempted for being a doo group, though they're a group. So when I'm saying Supremes, what are they? Bowser, um, and I've known Bowser many years, 
and he does, you know, his annual shows up there in the uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at first he, he was doing that, and then he stopped. Because really, I used to have this discussion with him. I said, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I know it brings in people, you make money, but th this is not the way the route to go. And we would get into that, so finally now he doesn't do that anymore. There, was, there are several promoters are beginning to see see the light, but there's so many others that they're just scared that if they don't use that name, they're not going to get the people to come in, which is ridiculous. The people don't come on based upon what it's called. The people come in and they hear the songs they love. Exactly. That they, that they remembered. You know, we, you, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know. <laughs> I mean, you I don't call that rock and roll revival myself. I, I don't call it, it too much. you perfectly rightly. It's, it's rock and roll revival because it really is the end of what rock and roll was, which is, like okay. I said, the, the birth child of R&B, or street corner singing, the groups that we came up with and um, were called street corner singers and, and R&B singers. So it, it really is a misnomer. And what's happened is that the, if you go to Europe, Lee, and you go to Asia, they don't know anything about any doo-wop. If you say that word, they'll go, what? What's that? English guys don't know what that what that means. They know it's R and B. They know right. it, and and they're much more educated in what the truth is about what it is than the people that are here. Well, and that's because it's still show. going on. I mean, they still have because a rock they, and roll revival going on right now. Yes, because well, you know, with them, the Europeans are different than us. We sort of a fast food uh, country. You know, we we we, we can <laughs> we can we can pull down a work of art, man, and put up a Kenny's parking lot. I mean, you know, if it makes money, you know, sure. McDonald's. I mean, we it, it doesn't. It, it's all about capitalism and money, which is good. It's cool, but I'm just saying, I'll, we're a different type of people than a lot of people in the world, and it must be okay because everybody's trying to get in this country. But the thing is, is that we don't see it like they do. They see it as art form. Mm -hmm. You understand? We yes. see it as the flavor of the month. I get you. I mean, if you if you if you because it's fast food. Okay, what are you doing for me lately? Right. So what was prolific and, 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 and profound and great and wonderful, it's not wonderful and great anymore. What's happening today is, I, I told uh, some of my cats that are still around, and they said, well, man, we don't understand. You play all the greatest places, and we can't get in those. Man, I don't know. And I said, man, let me tell you something. That's not about no luck. That's hard work. And the blessing to be able to, we came out of the, but we came out of the the the, the ending of we, we we came out of the last part of vaudeville. I mean, we right. played with people like Bombs, Mabel, Red Fox. We played with the we played the Apollo. We played the Regal Theater in Chicago. We played the Royal Theater in Baltimore, and on and on and on and on. And it was it was pure performance. There was no label about it. It was just pure right. R and B. So we came out of that. And we learned, and we were able to cross over. We learned by going and being really curious enough to know what other people were doing. Now, like a lot of people don't realize, you ask Little Lamping, who's Little Lamping? Well, here's Little Lamping, Anthony Gordine. Jerome Anthony Gordine is my name. And he's a, he's a, he rides horses. He owns horses. He had owned horses. I like to do everything. I'm going on a balloon ride. I scuba dive. I snorkel, I play golf, and <laughs> and and I love 
I love the theater. And whenever I'm in New York City, I'm in play theaters all the time, come up with my mom and dad. I was an actor before I was a singer and a child actor. You know, my, my uh, training and, and, and everything comes it's so deep and so wide. It's hard for people to understand, well, no, he, you know, in their mind they're thinking he's limited. Well, no, I like opera. I'm going to Italy with my wife, and we're going to go to La Scala. I like Jersey. I like Pacino. I mean, if you look and say who I am, that's who I really am. Gotcha. You, you, you see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get very passionate when people tell me, oh, you're a Jew-op singer, or you're this. No, you're, you don't know, even know who I am. Right. But what I love about shows like yours, I get an opportunity to tell the people what really is. And set I got to straight. I got a question to ask you now, and uh, I because it's not just you, but it's it is the whole genre. Why do you think that every vocal group now notice I'm saying vocal group, every big vocal group, the lead singer always ends up going on his own. It's simple. He's the lead singer. <laughs> His voice is featured. Oh uh, yeah, but you know what? You, 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 you grow up. We have to go. Wait, wait, wait. You understand something? You got. Four or five guys, maybe, you know, in those right. days, right? There's nothing to distinguish them. They're usually all four white guys or four black guys. How do you know who they are? There's going to be that one voice always has been that way that will stand out to, to a point where the audience locks onto that voice. Mm-hmm. So once that person becomes that individuality or becomes – see, originally I was, called, I was in a group called the Imperials. But Alan Freed gave me the name Little Anthony, and that separated me. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not an Imperial. I'm Little Anthony. I happen to sing with the Imperials. Right.
child. Please be mine, my darling dear. I love you all the time. I'm just a fool. Wow, a fool in love with you. Earth angel, earth angel, the one I adore. Love you forever and evermore. I'm just a fool. Wow, a fool in love. With you, I fell for you, and I knew the vision of your love, loveliness. I hope and I pray that someday I'll be the vision of your heart. Happiness, oh, 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 Earth Angel, Earth Angel, please be mine, my darling dear. Love you all the time. I'm just a fool, a fool in love with you. I can't make up my mind which one you are. I'd like to wake up and find devil or angel, dear, whichever you are. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. Devil or angel. Please say you'll be mine. Love me or leave me. I'll go out of my mind. Devil or angel, dear, whichever you are, I need you. I need you. I need you. Oh, you love like an angel. Your smile is divine. But you keep me guessing. Will you ever be mine? Will you ever be mine? Devil or angel, please say you'll be mine. Love me or leave me. I made up my mind. Devil or angel, dear, whichever you are.
too late I learned that you were not the cheating kind Take me back, I'm begging please Take me back, I'm on my knees For you to scold me, hurt me, hold me, darling Take me back, my jealous eyes have learned They were too blind to see that I was losing you Take me back, I'm begging please Take me back, I'm on my knees For you to scold me, hurt me, hold me, darling Take me back, they say
Okay, I hope we're not getting too deep. <laughs> well, the reason why I asked you that is because uh, in cases like um, Frankie Lyman, for example, yeah. as soon as he, he had one hit on his own and all of a sudden he nosedived into obscurity. But it wasn't because of anything to do with groups or he didn't pull out or not the group. Because he had right. drug problems, okay? That's what destroyed him. He was one of the greatest voices ever known. Had not he destroyed himself, he would have right. been known, you know. Uh, you know. So even with a group like like people don't remember, there was a group called Billy Ward and the Dominoes. Right. Well, Billy Ward wasn't the lead singer. He right. Did, I don't think he, he ever did, did anything but arrange. No, he arranged and he played the piano, remember? Right, And right. everybody said Billy Ward and the Dominoes. But in that group... Guess who was in that group? Jackie Wilson. Absolutely. Clyde Fatter. Uh -huh. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I'm an old friend of Jackie's when he was um, still alive. And uh, and, and uh, I remember I saw him once at the Copacabana. And mm. the, biggest, the biggest ovation he got was when he sang, of all things, he sang My Yiddish Mama. Unbelievable. You know, people don't know that Jackie's background is in classical music. <laughs> Nobody can do that. Well, yeah. Those of us who are in the business know who it is. You know? Yeah. And, and, the, and, and the funny thing, when, when, when in our era, I've told many, many interviewers, and then I'll tell you as well, the reason why the laughing curves stayed out there so long and still there and at a high high level for many reasons. First, we've been blessed with a lot of talent and we've been blessed to meet a lot of great people who spurred us on in the right direction. What happened with a lot of the groups and a lot of the people that came out of that era, scrupulous managers, bad people get in their lives and they tell them, you are a recording star. You are a recording star. You were a recording star once your star got dim, and people didn't buy your records like they used to, and there's a reason for that. People grow up. Their tastes change. If you're a teenager, 18, 17 years old, oh, baby, this is great, like Justin Bieber. It is today. All the little teeny boppers went out there. But 10 years from now, they're going to be 27, have three kids, and, and bills and a car, a car note. It's going to change their life. It's going to change what they think. It's going to change their taste. And, it, and it, what happens is a lot of the acts in that time just thought everything would be forever. And they never thought that they should prepare themselves for becoming a performing stars, I mean uh, recording stars, to performing stars. Mm -hmm. That's where they miss the boat. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Because you know, Lee, if you, see, if you see most of the shows, the, the most you're going to get out of most of those acts, and they try because they watch us. They're going to do their records, and then they're going to go off the stage, and that's it. They, they'll do their records. And imagine little Peggy Marsh, and I've known her a long time. Little Peggy Marsh is a grandmother. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. I just saw, I just saw of all people, I'm trying to, uh, uh, oh, my goodness, my, my, my mind just went blank. The one who did Fujiyama Mama. Um, oh, you know, I, can't, I don't know what you mean. God damn it. Oh, she man. was just, um, she was just here in Orlando. I don't believe this. She spe she did a whole show here in Orlando. I don't know who went. I don't know how they even got it. But she did a 
a complete show at the Plaza Theater. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's uh, it used to be an old movie no. theater in town. Mm-hmm. And now it is basically the alternative venue. Mm-hmm. And um, she was playing, she did uh, Let's Have a Party and, and all the songs she did. And I, and all of a sudden my mind went blank on her name, but uh, she, I couldn't believe she was still singing. She's 78 years old, I think, something like that. There's quite a few out there. Hiroshima too, the same I did to them, baby, I can do to you, cause I'm a Fujiyama mama, and I'm just about to blow my top, Fujiyama yama, Fujiyama, and when I start erupting, ain't nobody gonna make me stop, I drink a quart of sake, smoke dynamite, I chase it with the backy, and then shoot out the light, cause I'm a Fujiyama mama, and I'm just about to blow my top, Sneaking in, I say, I ain't gonna. When my dream boat 
That's why I'm questioning that. Uh, I only remember seeing... I remember. It could have been I saw them individually. I don't know. But I know one thing. I saw them at the Brooklyn Burma. (laughs) Yeah, because I I know you were with... uh, Because you were on the stage with the DuPonts. I know you don't want to talk about that, but you were on... That that came... That's not... That's not even in the ballpark. I'm talking I was 14 years old. I wasn't even in the DuPonts at 14. So that's 55. (laughs) So there was no DuPonts. I'm just saying, as kids, we were like any other kids. We mm-hmm. wanted to come in and see those kind of acts, like the Moon Glows and the and and all those, you know, um, the Nappy Brown and and oh, just all kinds of people that Alan Fee used to have on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you believe and, I paid a dollar fifty to get in? I was there at 
When they opened up, I was there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I told you I didn't pay nothing. Right. Well, you're lucky. I had to get in the first row. No, we were, we, were, we were thugs. That's how we got it. We knew all the tricks, you know. And you remember the, the, in those days they had these, uh, what do they call them, the matrons or the... Oh, the yeah. Oh, no. you your seat? Well, those smiling-faced women. Oh. Yeah, but we knew some of them, and they kind of opened the door for us way at the top. And ah, that's the inside. It was the inside job. <laughs> <laughs> but since we're talking about the Paramount, Let's talk mm-hmm. about Alan Freed. I mean, um, oh, man. Yeah. he meant a lot to me. I mean, I got to know him very well because mm-hmm. I wasn't just a, a stupid kid that wanted to hear things, but he would sit down with me because I used to go up to the WINS studios, mm-hmm. and he'd say, tell me, which of these songs did you like? He was such an incredible guy. Yeah, he's he a smart guy, too. He, he knew how to use the public to find out what they like. I met him. The first time I met him, again, it was through, um, uh, I forgot the name of the guys, it's so many years ago. Um, they were working with him in some capacity or another, and they happened to pull us in, you know, pull me in. Um, and that was with the, when, with that, when I was with the high school guys called the DuPonts. Right. And, um, and, and we didn't, we weren't, we weren't nobody. I mean, nothing. We're nothing. There's no record, there's no, there's no hit records, nothing. It's just a cult thing. People bring up stuff that they ain't really nothing. But at that time, we, we happened to be, in, you know, they happened to want to record us, which the record was a total flop. And um, but in order to promote us and promote the song, the song was called Prove It Tonight. And we, and because they knew him, they needed the opening act for this wonderful show that had, oh, my gosh, who was on that show? Teddy Wendell was on that show, but he was with mm-hmm. the Chuckles, the Platters, the real, the original platters. Um, uh, the, <laughs> we'll go into that later. That's well. another point. Okay. And 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 then we had Frank and I and the teenagers, the 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 um, uh, heart and soul. Who's it? What name of that group? Cutthones. Cutthones. Uh, let me see. Nappy Brown. Uh, Buddy Knox. Oh, uh, uh, who else was on that show? Oh, my mind, you know, it's a long time ago. It's like 50, almost 60 years. Too long ago. Too long. My brain is not connecting. But my mind sees all these people that was on that show. That, oh, the moon glows. Um, uh, 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 the, the heartbeats. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there had to be 14 acts on that show. And the line For $1.50. For $1.50. And, and, and we get to open. Now, you know I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck when they told me that. You know, and actually, that was the first time I met Teddy Randazzo. And we would open the show with the song, Prove It Tonight. And when I walked out and see all them people, they, they didn't really know who we were. You know what I mean? But we were a singing group. And we did good. I mean, I went out and I, you know, I wasn't in no good laughing. That was three years before I was a little laughing. I was yeah. just in the DuPonts. And so we opened that show. But the experience I got from all those kids screaming and the, and the lights and the Cameras and the yeah. and the big band, Georgie All's big band and and big show, uh, 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 big Al Sears, big Al Sears and right. all these famous people and hanging back, sticking with people. I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I was like, wow. And I knew. I said, this is this is what I'm. I got to do this. This is. This. <laughs> So 
Somebody needs you. 
were two selections from Anthony when he was with the DuPonts. Now, we're going to have the second part of this great interview with the very outspoken Anthony Gordine of the Imperials in just three short days. I have to tell you that this has been one of the most interesting experiences of my life as myself and Anthony will talk about the old days of Brooklyn Paramount Theater, Brooklyn itself, and the great rock and roll stars that he idolized as well as I. We'll see you in just three short days from now with the rest of this incredible interview. For everybody here at Old Time Rock and Roll, this is Lee Douglas. That is a wrap. Just keep on dreaming